0: Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view beginning April 20th. Learn more at msmuseumart.org.
1: This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. Welcome to the
0: Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio, where each week we talk with creative Mississippians. I'm your host, Leslie Barker, Arts-Based Community Development Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And if you're listening to the Arts Hour regularly this month, you may notice a theme. We're focusing on Mississippians who work in television and film. And Princeton James, our guest today, does both as well as lots of other things, including theater. And he's a very busy man. And so, Princeton, I'm really happy you could join us today. Thanks for being here.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I love this and I'm grateful to be here.
0: Well, I'm definitely grateful to have you. And I, I know a bit about what you do, but I know mm-hmm. there's a lot I don't know, mm-hmm. including how it all started. Yeah. So you are a Coldwater, Mississippi native. Am I right? Yes, Is that right? Yes.
1: Yes. Born, Did you, born, well, born, and I was born and raised in Coldwater. Like they took me from the hospital straight to Coldwater. So I was born there the whole time. So i um raised in Coldwater, loved it. I went to Coldwater High School, graduated there. But when I was 9 years old, I knew I wanted to be an actor. And I told mm-hmm. my dad and he was like, "Okay, cool, you can do that." And I went to school and told my teacher, she was like, "Baby, you need to you need to be realistic. You're going to be an accountant." And I was like, "Okay, I'm going to be an accountant." And I later on realized that she wasn't doing it out of like spite or malice. That's just all she had never seen an actor come out of Coldwater, Mississippi. So um I went to Ole Miss and I got my degree in accounting, <laughs> which I love. I
0: read that when I was researching a little bit. Yeah, I
1: got my <laughs> degree in accounting and I started acting at 25 because I just couldn't. I'm 35 now, but I just couldn't sleep. I just wouldn't be able to rest without even trying it. So I started acting in Memphis and I moved to Atlanta in 2013, then um stayed there to 2016. And two, I felt like God give me a gift of a stage play in a production company. I was like, uh, nah, I don't want to manage that many people. That's a lot. That's way different from just being an actor. So I um, went to church one Sunday and a preacher preached about operating in your gift. And he said, people will suffer if you don't operate in your gift. And I quit my job with no script, with no cast, with no money saved. And that's how I started my production company. And we've been going ever since.
0: (laughs) Whoa, that's amazing. And I will say, I bet the accounting has helped with that. Oh,
1: (laughs) so much. Like literally earlier this morning, I had a call with my bookkeeper and she was like, Oh, this goes into earned revenue. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know. I understand that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, I mean, background.
0: yeah, because as somebody who works with artists all the time, like, budgets are hard with grants. And it's so, hard. you know, we may, I may need you to teach us a professional development Ooh. sometime for our artists. That'd be great. Ooh, Stay, we- tuned, <laughs> Stay tuned, audience. Stay tuned. Right, right. So, I want to go back to the moment where you were nine years old and you thought, I want to be an actor. Like, was there, had you seen a live play? Was it television? Was it a movie? The Cosby was Show. It?
1: The, Cosby the Cosby Show.
0: I mean, yeah.
1: it was. I grew crazy. up
0: on it too. Did you yeah. want to be Malcolm Jamal Warner? Were I know, like, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Of course. Yes. I was just. He's still just, the coolest, could, by the way. <laughs> still the coolest. I just couldn't yeah. understand how someone was playing make-believe and it was looking so good and so real mm-hmm. so my dad had to explain what an actor was mm-hmm. and how it navigated and all that stuff so and I, I was just so amazed and then everything I started I never saw anything else on television the same so that's what really mm-hmm. kind of like sparked my uh and then there was representation you know there wasn't so much representation of black uh, black people in the mainstream media so Mm-hmm. When I saw that, it was like, Oh wow, that's possible. Cool, got it. Yeah. So that was my moment. It was the Cosby show.
0: Nine years old. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think the Cosby show is probably pivotal for so many of us that yes. grew up in that time frame. Yes. But um, did you did you have a chance to see any live theater at that time, like growing up in Coldwater?
1: No, I didn't see any. Like I may have seen church plays you know Mm -hmm. like things like little like scenes and vignettes people they call them skits in the country oh yes we put together skits and stuff but um that's really all I seen up until um trying to think when mud like when Tyler Perry started the like get mud did more into the circuit and that's when we were I was in high school by then that's when I was able to like see like oh wow this is cool so other than and other than like those those were I didn't really I wasn't exposed to any theater though no we didn't have it at Coldwater.
0: That's a really interesting thing because what Tyler Perry did was filmed theater. So people who maybe didn't see the stage, so you're wondering was it was it on film that you saw the first play like or did you see yeah. it live? yeah so that's like I saw
1: it so- on film. Yeah, like I think it was even a. A bootleg somebody brought to Young bootleg film. Yeah. A couple times like, removed from the stage. Yeah, it was yeah, like, it, and it was amazing. It was mm-hmm. so good, but I didn't even know it existed. Like, so, like, but so when I seen it, I was super amazed, super inspired. But I was inspired by, from the acting, like looking at it from a lens of me wanting to be an actor, not anything mm-hmm. else. Yeah
0: which we have a lot to talk to talk about because there's so much you do other than acting mm-hmm. but with the acting what was the what when, when was your first time on stage when was like
1: mm-hmm.
0: your debut
1: so i did one commercial as a kid it was just like mm-hmm. this like blue cross blue shield did a lot of small cities in mississippi it was a long time ago if somebody from mississippi could pull those videos that would be insanely embarrassing but also impressive so, you found Cross- them.
0: I'm kidding. Right. right. You found them. Up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But they're
1: so, Blue Cross Blue Shield, when I was about 10, I think, or maybe the same time I said I wanted to act and I was nine. Blue Cross Blue Shield did a commercial in Coldwater, Alligator, Mississippi, Prentice, Hot Coffee, and somewhere else. But uh, that they had auditions at City Hall. And my cousin went, and I think I was like just going with him, and I ended up booking the role. And that was my first time. And I had not done anything after that until I was 25 when I went to my first acting class. Yeah.
0: I did not even know there was an alligator in Mississippi. I have learned did something you, today. Yeah. Know it's about cold water and hot coffee, but alligator. You knew hot
1: so coffee?
0: I did know hot coffee.
1: Did you know Apprentice?
0: Yes, an apprentice. Because I, I lived in uh, Baldwin, Mississippi, 12 seven. So okay. a little bit about the, oh, that. that area. Yeah. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned, you mentioned an acting class. Mm -hmm. How'd you get, how'd you get there to the acting class?
1: Oh, like, so I started my career in like by Googling acting classes in Memphis. That's literally how I started. Like not, I didn't even have anybody to call and say, could you go here there? No, I Googled acting classes in Memphis and Indie Memphis acting studio came up and I went there and started networking from there.
0: Wow, and I met you in Memphis, so that's that's yeah. cool. Like, it, yeah. you yeah. know, to see where it all started. So you Memphis. went to, so you started with film, really, and not the theater Yeah, stuff, I started with film,
1: but at the same, like two months after, I, like three months after I started with that class, I um, went to auditions at Hattie Lou. and no, no mm-hmm. auditioned for this other play. This guy that was producing plays in Memphis. And I auditioned for Hattie Lou as well, and I booked both of those at the same time, which was like whoa, whoa. So I did both of them. I did Hattie Lou. I did a run of that show, and then after that, I did the the you no, know, I was doing both at the same time, and then but one was like a more independent circuit, so it was just like one run of the show, and that'd be it. And then Hattie Lou was like, of course, like a full run, um, of like week, yeah, consecutive weeks. But uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, but I. That's those are the two, so I did them both. Started both together.
0: Like, I got a lot of time to make up here, let me just do two at once. Jump right in.
1: You said, so, How mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so how what What were the shows? I'm curious, what were oh, those first
1: two shows? It was a show called Secrets by the director and writer Andre Betty, and it was also at Hattie Lou, it was Grease. <laughs> so, we I don't did, remember. I did
0: I love their work. And I don't remember Jim. It was okay. So who you in. play?
1: I played Kaniki.
0: You were Kaniki. That's a good starting role.
1: Oh, it is. I was an a-hole. Yeah. Like, I was <laughs> Kaniki. Like, I was like, what? He's mean? Wow. So I played him and it was, it was a lot of fun. Actually, like, we got some reviews. I remember getting the reviews from the newspaper and then giving, like, positive reviews to me and, like, two other characters or whatever. And I was like, whoa, really? Thank y'all but it was also like 19 of us in a cast so that that it was fun it was a lot of fun Ekandayo directed it so yeah it was fun
0: Ekandayo is just a great artist so that's so so that's a great starting place right there
1: yeah yes yes
0: um that's awesome well um was it everything you dreamed it would be like the first experience you had
1: I was so amazed at everybody around me. Like whenever you're like wanting to do something so bad and you finally get an opportunity to, it's like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. We had this opportunity. So I was just amazed and taken back by everything. But um, and then I thought like this talent was like the premier talent ever in the world in the history. Of, you know what I mean? Just because I was like, these are the ones that are working in the city.
0: Mm-hmm. And I didn't
1: see that much beyond the city because you know how Hollywood just seemed so unattainable at that time. It was like 2013. And um, yeah, so it was I, I felt like it was a great experience. I met some great people, but you also realize like it 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 gives you a certain discipline. Like theater discipline is different. You have to be extremely discipline in theater so it showed me like hey it's a lot of work and there's a lot of like muscle memory to get used to but once you get used to the format and the professionalism and the discipline you're good you you don't have any more big issues yeah well you will have some challenges but once you got the discipline down it, you're, you're in good shape you're in better shape yeah
0: speaking of hard work especially when you're doing two at one time just so you know that's you like doubled your work right there Yes. Yeah
1: tough yeah it was tough
0: so what was what was so do you think the discipline was the hardest part of it or what was the hardest part when you first started
1: (sighs) the hardest part was the getting over the imposter syndrome you know like realizing Mm -hmm. that you do belong you are where you're supposed to be no one is doing you any favors you have to know Mm -hmm. you know knowing your worth and I think at some point still getting past it or continuing to like progress on that healing journey but then um Also, I would say the hard part technically in that show was like, this is my first show and I had to sing, dance and act, you know what I'm saying? And some at the same time. So that was a lot. I was like, whoa, I don't know how Beyonce even does this, you know what I mean? To the level (laughs) she does this because we were singing, acting and flipping and turning around and getting on the ground, coming down. It was was fun, but it was just a lot, a lot of work. So that was difficult. But mentally, it was like the imposter syndrome, understanding like, like when you show up in spaces, you need to show up as your whole self. Know what you were, know what you're coming to bring, and like just be strong and bold in your space, you know, in the space and how you show up and be intentional behind what you're doing and always giving your all. So I just learned a lot about that when it comes to um, approaching the craft. And um, I learned that it doesn't matter like what show you do or how many shows you do, it's all, I always approach it like it's your first time and like it's your biggest priority, you know? Yeah. I
0: have a friend who you know, because I'm, if you're listening, I'm a theater person too. So I relate to this deeply. So I have to to throw that out for the audience because, you know, Princeton, but um, you know, I have a friend who says, you know, if you ask him what his favorite show is, it's always the one I'm working on right now. You know, the one I'm working on right now.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's the one. Because it's always such a great opportunity to be able to do this, you know what I mean? To be able Mm -hmm. to even Live those dreams because it's a, it, we we would not, you and I would not be surprised, Lizzie, at how many people have that dream, but they don't. They're too afraid to step out on it. It's very and, true. Yeah, and it's for so many reasons. Like it's mm-hmm. it's for a lot of it is like legitimate reasons. Like mm-hmm. you have to support your family. You may not be able to go through that financial transition and you know, so uh support yourself. But uh so it's I I count it a, a blessing and I'm super grateful to be able to do this work.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. So we talked about the hardest part. What was the best part or your favorite part that from that first experience? Hmm.
1: My favorite part from the first play that I, I acted mm-hmm. in. Ooh. My favorite part was some people that I've met that I'm still like mm-hmm. close with and cool with. And also my favorite part was seeing my family come and see me in a play like for the first time and see them support that. That was a cool feeling just to know that they were there to support that work. So I was just super grateful to be able to do that. It, it, it was a lot of fun, like seeing the support. It was a lot of fun.
0: This is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on NPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at five. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877 MPB, the number four, car. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
0: You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm your host, Leslie Barker, and I'm talking with writer, director, and producer, Princeton James he's a cold water native and we're so happy to have him here today we we've been talking about what led you to all this work so now we're going to jump into the work so you wanted to be an actor started acting and then it expanded tell us what did all tell us about all the jobs that expanded to for you
1: Yes. So when I (laughs) left my job, right, it's so many. So when I left my job, um, like I I spoke about earlier, I started my production company and I wrote the play and had to direct it. But I hired a director out of Atlanta that I had worked Mm -hmm. on another play with and just to consult direct on my play. Well, no, he directed my first time and I asked him, could I shadow him while he did it? His name is Donald Gray. He's still like an amazing mentor to me. He's my first um, theater mentor. Incredible. So that's when that was my first time producing a show, like casting everybody. Right. And I did no auditions. Crazy. I just cast everybody for the roles and we put it up. So it was a fun time. I was like knowing myself now, you know, leadership in theater is a very challenging thing. But it's also when it's done well and and the show is successful, it's a very rewarding feeling to be able to know everybody had a good time and it went well. So I definitely went into like writing, producing, directing and acting during the first show. And it also showed me like what to like how to be very, very creative when you don't when you have very limited resources in order to put on the show. Yeah. So, uh, I yeah, leaving the job came like like sprung me into the directing, writing and producing.
0: I have to say, you said something that sparked one of my favorite things to kind of think and talk about as an artist, but I started as a teacher and, you know, you don't have a lot of resources you just make it happen, you know, do you feel like when you were talking about making something like when you don't have a lot of resources, I feel like that's some of the most creative stuff you can possibly make. How do you feel about that?
1: That is the best. Yeah, because you just have to figure it out. You can't throw money at it. So you have to use the resources around you, use your relationships, um, use your imagination just to breathe life into whatever that thing is or whatever that uh, situation is. And it also leads you to be completely solution-based. So you won't run yourself crazy. Yes. It's always like, no, 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 don't don't talk about how big the problem is. Let's talk about how creative our solution is going to be and how we're going to rectify this situation. And that's what we leaned into like over and over and over and over just leaned into that but yeah it's it's fun though once you look back at it it's funny when you're going through it it's like terrifying (laughs) yeah when
0: you're going through it you feel like how am I ever gonna get out of this deep water that I'm trying to tread in but then when you look back at it it's probably like the best training you could have ever had
1: the best training and something um Tyler Perry said not too long ago I think he posted on his page yesterday that like he was having some very, very hard and dark times when he was homeless. But he was just looking for, not looking for the big destination, but looking for little aspects of light and little aspects of encouragement on your journey. It could be somebody on that day. It could be somebody you're gonna meet up with next week. It could be like the small wins, but always appreciate those small wins because they lead to bigger wins down the road. So I was like, I would say that that is the way to get through it. <laughs> like use those creative solutions even though wins within this challenges that still may be a big challenge, but acknowledging that part of the solution that you're moving forward and that there's some type of progress is a beautiful way to experience that.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. What was that first play that you wrote? Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, it was called The Royal Family. So it was about mm-hmm. like this generational, um, like strange relationship between a father and his son, the dad was a pastor of this church and his son played for the church, grew up in the church, but he wanted him to be the pastor, but he, you know, he wanted want him to be a church musician, but he went more into secular music, even while playing mm-hmm. for the church. He had a son out of wedlock, but the son stayed here while he went to LA, but in the dad, in the pastor's dad was a musician as well, but he did he played a lot of blue, he was a blue star, but it just navigates the family in, in different Southern, um, cultural um, differences that we see like in the in the church and and, in the the system and like having to overcome hurt and trauma and you know all those things so it dealt with in a very very inspiring way because at the end we concluded the story to inspire people to go forward upward into like not be so egotistical when they approach a conflict but approach with more compassion and love and yeah. transparency and knowing how to deconstruct your own ego. So, it was a fun show. It was called the Royal Family and the family is the king family and they just have a lot of secrets that come out during the play and but they also have mm-hmm. a lot of love at the end of it. Yeah.
0: Have you revisited that play or did you like leave it no,
1: and move forward? Yeah, <laughs> I love the play and I've been asked to do it so many times. I've been asked over and over and I'm like, one, it's a, it'll be a lot to put up. But I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about putting it back up just, just to put it up, you know. So I'm it's your first
0: it. one. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was my first one. Yes.
0: So after that first experience, yep. how did it change your next venture
1: oh tremendously i figured out then that i wanted to find a niche you know and that's when i started doing dinner theaters because i didn't see any black dinner theaters in the in that area at the time you know so in any southern anyone's period really i didn't i didn't know of any so i was just like let me just start doing some like try out doing dinner theaters and that led to the full full course of love and we did that for Valentine's Day. And we ended up doing that show, traveling it a little bit, like, in smaller towns in Mississippi and in Tennessee. We traveled it to probably, like, five or six locations in 2017, This like, the year after I started doing plays. And it was just a lot of a lot of fun. And that led me to do, like, a kid's play called The Principal's List, which gave kids a voice in a, in a world where they make no decisions for themselves at all. So it just was, like, a message to the parents from the kids. Um and then it that led to some other um dinner theater shows which soon led to like the murder mystery which is the one we're touring right now.
0: all okay, got to hear about that. You're listening yeah. to the Mississippi Art Hour and I'm talking with television theater film artist Princeton James. Thank so you. tell us about the murder mystery.
1: Yeah, so the murder mystery is something I was like I want to make a dinner theater like, it feels like an escape room, but it's interactive mm. and interactive and, you know, all that. So um, we created this concept that was, like, you know, the murder mystery concept has been on, around for ages. Mm. But, like, we created a very, very soulful version with more, like, modern stories and, like, a different approach that was very interactive and intentionally entertaining from the beginning to the end. So I tried it out in 2018, uh, October 2018. It has to be 18, yes. And then we tried to run and it sold out. And then we did it again in February of 2019. And it sold out again. Same thing happened in the summer, same thing happened in the fall. And I was like, wait a minute. So we were planning a tour the year after 2019.
0: And we <laughs> so, know it came after 2019. I uh, know, right? <laughs> yeah. So that
1: February we did our show and then in March it shut down. And everything shut down. But and then we came back in 2021 and start working, working, working again did memphis in 2022 because i ended up getting young rock and all that stuff so i wasn't able to tour it but and then this year we're back at it ready to put we'll put it on the road now
0: yeah bring it on down to jackson we would love that
1: (laughs) or we have to bring it to jackson we have and
0: this is you know this this is for people all over Mississippi and beyond listen to this. So there may be lots of places that want to see it. So yeah, if you're, yeah. you know, you start doing this murder mystery. Was it also dinner theater? I think you said it, it was. It is
1: dinner theater. Yep, yeah, it is.
0: Okay. So you're having dinner, you're having mystery, you're having fun. Yeah. And people love it, clearly, because you're meeting something. It, I mean, to sell out a show, you're meeting yeah. audience needs and wants. Yeah. What do you think that is? Like, What what element of it do you think really is it the combination of it all
1: yeah I think so I think people love to one be entertained and we kind of start the show when you get out of your car so there'll be some characters in the parking lot with you that's engaging in character creating the world even before you get to the ticket booth or anything so it's very immersive and they'll just talk to you Mm -hmm. like regular people but they're in that character and they expect you to respond to them like yourself like you would to them and um, so that's what makes it very, very interactive. And it's like that until the curtain call, until we say mm-hmm. goodbye. So um, and then like the food is good, it's very, very soulful. Um, the singing is amazing and
0: so there's music too.
1: Yeah, it's music too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of call and response and including the crowd, interacting. It's cool, it's fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. I want to see it. I'm in, you know, yeah. I'm in. Yeah,
1: I want you and- to see it.
0: Yeah, keep me posted because you know this is, and we'll definitely talk about where people can find out about your stuff too. Actually, let's go ahead and do that. Where can people find out about Princeton James Productions?
1: Yeah, so it's Princeton James Productions on all social media outlets, and it's Soulful Murder Mystery on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and then me personally is Princeton underscore James on yeah on Instagram, Facebook, and all that.
0: So you mentioned this a little bit, and so I want to like touch on something outside of the art a little bit because there's so many moving pieces the food like how do you who does it and how do you because that's a yeah. huge element of a dinner theater
1: most yeah it's huge so mostly my family does the food yeah we make it yeah my family does it my sister kind of like leads that as her name is natlin woods shout out to my sister my mom peggy and reginald echoes my dad and then we also have a cousin named um Evelyn Porter, we call her my Evelyn. She has, a, she has a catering company, so she pitches in and helps a lot, a ton. Um, then I have cousins like uh, my aunts and uncles. all of them, they pitch in and they do the food. So they've created their own catering company with each other through, you know, through working with the Murder Mysteries and stuff.
0: How do you travel with it, with the food?
1: Yeah, so something like when we went to Atlanta, we have a partner that we work with, a partner production company that we work with in Atlanta. That handles a lot of that, but when we go to Dallas, I'm traveling the food like we're gonna go down there and they're gonna cook and you know put the food out, and then they'll probably come to Houston with us or Birmingham or Nashville. They'll probably come to those places with us too.
0: That's all that's that's so cool. How many like audience members do you take a night for that kind of thing?
1: It depends. So like when we first started doing in twenty nineteen we used to take at least about seventy five people per show but we'll be doing like three shows a day or two shows a day or four show weekends, six show weekends or whatever. But now, That's a lot of lot food. Of food. That's, yeah. a lot of, that's a lot of food. Now that we do, um, we do like, we'll, we'll take about 150 people a show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We'll take about 150 people. And that's the sizes of the venues that we've been able to acquire. But moving forward, our goal is to get about 250 in a venue. Her, that's one that's of our great. goals yeah that's one of our goals right now it's like 150 um one of our goals get about 250 people in per Oh, show. that's
0: exciting I know it's gonna happen because it's all happened
1: Thank it's you. all just
0: keeps going <laughs> so you. before we take our next break I want to hear about the the children's show is it principals list that you mentioned yeah the principals list yes okay tell me about that
1: oh yeah so it's um the principals list was this show I wrote for some kids and the um uh, one on the one part the parents wanted me to write something for their kids to do and it was like 10 kids that were very very extraordinarily talented and they used to all work around each other but then I wrote this show about these the, this principle creating this list of kids that had nothing to do with academics but just had everything to do with their character and their integrity and their potential mm-hmm. So he took them on this retreat just to learn more about them and learn more about their environment to help them give them the life skills and the enrichment tools that they need to move forward in life. So, yeah, so it was a fun show and these kids navigated that story in a great way. And, um, they, they nailed it. And a lot of them, like one is like a freshman and like one is going into her sophomore year of college now. And I feel so old.
0: Oh me look, (laughs) my kids i started teaching i feel you i look at what they're doing i'm so proud of them but i'm like has it really been that long
1: it's been (laughs) that long yeah because they did that show they did the principal's list for the first time in 2017 Mm. so that's like seven years ago no no no, six years ago six years ago
0: Yeah. yeah is leslie barker thanks for listening to the podcast version of the mississippi arts hour the show airs on mpb think radio every sunday afternoon at five to access all of our past shows subscribe to the mississippi arts hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app
1: Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
0: You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker with the Mississippi Arts Commission, and I'm talking with a multi-talented television, film, and theater artist, Princeton James. and before the break, we were talking about Princeton's work with young people. So you started with a play, and what what happened after that? I know it expanded,
1: yeah. so I started with the play, and then I was um got I was acting in some independent film work and everything, and I had you know, been to Atlanta, and I've done all that. But my first, I was wanting to get more into like mainstream acting and film work. And um, so I was given the opportunity to be a locations PA on Young Rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy. Oh, wow. I was locations PA on Young Rock. And then I was, I mean, it wasn't, it's crazy how the story goes. So, you know, Young Rock, I mean, no, 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 no. back it up. Locations PA on Uncourt, Uncourt.
0: Uncourt, no, which well, you were in too. You were in too. Yeah, there, I was too. in.
1: So, crazy thing happened. So, I go to Uncourt production office with locations manager. Her name was Nikki Newberger, And um, she introduces me to Prentice Penny. He comes in the office and just checking us. So Prentice Penny is the showrunner for Insecure. And he also um, directed and wrote on court. So I was like, hey, man, you know, nice to meet you or whatever. And um, that same day, I was just going to meet Nikki at the office to know what we we're going to do all the work. That same day, I was doing my first location scout of the murder mystery. It was my first time Mm -hmm. doing it because it was in 2018 when we shot Uncorked. I go to my location scout of the murder mystery. Guess who walks around the corner with the locations department and they're on the location scout? Princess Penny and the producers of, of Uncorked. So they come in and he was like, man, I remember you. What you doing here? And I was like, well, I'm doing the murder mystery. He was like, oh, that sounds cool. Tell me more about it. So I told him more about it. He was like, oh, blah, 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 blah. And now granted, you know, nothing, Nikki did the right thing by doing this, but she tells all her, you know, anybody tells a production assistant now, if it's a director, a writer, an actor, don't ask for the number. Don't talk to them that much unless they talk to you, blah, 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 blah. blah. It's like the code of ethics in a way. So mm-hmm. I, he came up to me, you know what I'm saying? He was so kind. So after I told him about it, he said, sounds cool whatever. He was like, well, I'm in town this weekend. I said, you know what I'm saying? You're more than welcome to come. He was like, if I get a chance to get away from this script, I would definitely come. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll make sure to get you, you know, I'll let Nikki, I'll give Nikki the information. He's like, no, 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 you get my number. He gave, me his, he gave me his number on the spot right then. And he was just super kind. And at that moment, I was like, this guy is so humble. I, this is somebody I definitely want to be like and be, mm-hmm. I'm very inspired by him and I'm just in my mind, he's like one of my mentors, like one of my big mm-hmm. brothers, one of my OGs that in my mind, that's what he is. And um, so I went on to audition for a role and I ended up booking the role. And then I had to go. And then the next day after I found out I booked the role, I had to pick up Nisa Nash from the airport and show her around. And then I had to shoot like two days later and we started filming and it was amazing. And that job led me to a job on Bluff City Law, which I was Jimmy Smith's personal assistant, which taught me so many things about like producing and handling number one and the set and the all. you know, I was able to watch a lot of directors work. Then after that, that moved over to me producing with like David Arquette and Post Malone and uh, and uh, his manager Dre London and Christina Arquette and um, Tiger was in it. And, and a lot of people was in this, um, this pilot called High Heel which that led to like me um, making my feature film directorial debut with Queen Rising and bringing a lot of Memphis talent together. It was like 99% Memphis diverse talent on that That's so cool. We only had one actor out of the whole feature that was not from Memphis. Even the people we flew in from New York, Atlanta, and LA, they were all from Memphis originally. Everybody. Wow. So, and... um, It was such a cool thing. Um, And then that led to me getting a few other jobs, like a lot of commercial work, a lot of like industrial work, a lot of other contract work. And then I um, interviewed for a position with Young Rock and they was asking like, what kind of position would you like? And I was like, well, I would like to be a showrunner's assistant or a staff writer in the writer's room. So they was like, you know, staff writer's out of LA, showrunner's assistant can be here. So I interviewed for the job, interviewed with all the showrunners and like, producing another ep and got that job and that's that was my job into january of this year yeah
0: where did young rock film i was curious like was it not in la
1: it was here in memphis oh they
0: filmed that young rock filmed in memphis
1: yep i don't know how
0: i didn't realize that i knew that um bluff city law filmed in memphis that's really cool
1: okay most of it at the sound stages at graceland yeah
0: very cool okay Cool. so I it's so interesting because I thought the timeline of all of it was Bluff City Law because it was in Memphis got you into all the stuff but you did Uncorked before that
1: Uncorked first yep and then where was left. that
0: where was that filmed
1: Uncorked was all over Memphis they had it was in
0: Memphis too I think I yeah. knew that at some point because I watched it
1: yeah. and it was
0: great and I, I you know I was looking for all the places and so you were an actor in Uncorked yeah which is if you know, for our audience, is a Netflix movie. If you haven't watched it, it's on Netflix. So tell yeah. us a little bit about that movie.
1: That movie was so good. It was with Niecy Nash, Courtney B. Vance, and then um, so many of my friends that I met on the, that movie. They've been, they've gone on to be like series regulars on shows like Kelly Jeanette. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on. But that was my first time to see like a black man in that seat on the set. You know what I mean? And mm. so humble and God fearing and amazing. So I was just very, very inspired to be on that set. But it overall, the set was so diverse. It was such a cool project. Um, it was, and then to see Memphis have a major film because I wasn't there when they shot like The Firm and you know, and things like that. Yeah. It, was, it was just so, so inspiring. It was so inspiring. It was a great project. I was nervous, so nervous when I first stepped on set. But it, 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 it was good. It was fine. It came out good. I was happy with the with how the film came out.
0: I need to rewatch it because I think I watched it during quarantine at some point, and yeah. I love watching stuff that's in Memphis. So I need to revisit it because I watched a lot of stuff during quarantine. So I need to revisit some things.
1: And that's where it came out. It came out during. It came out then. Yeah, because I was so hurt. I was so hurt because they canceled all of the. Uh, they canceled all of the premieres. Uh-huh. They canceled all the premieres. So,
0: how. So you jumped after that, you jumped to Bluff City Law,
1: which was also a big thing of this. Yeah. jumped to Bluff City Law right after that with Jimmy Smith. And it was, he's one of the kindest people, like literally on the green planet. Yeah. He's so sweet. So nice. Just, he does so many things out of character and, and has such a high level of integrity. I spent like 10 months with him in 2019 and we spent like at least every day, like 14 hours together. So I know Jimmy and he's just such a great person. Like the driver and I, which is Thomas is a great friend too. He would pick me up from my apartment then we would go get Jimmy, go to set or go run any errands or any appearances, take him back to his home and then get dropped off at my house and then I go home. Yeah. It was a daily routine. It was so much fun.
0: So, what are some things that you learned from him that Ooh. you carry with you?
1: You know, the crazy thing is I got a gift for him and it was a box and it said Jim's G-E-M-S G-G-E-M-S, from Jim. Like it, that's my box, because it was so much. I used to record, like, I probably still got it in my notes all the stuff I learned from him. Like it was small thing. Like he would always take his own trash out of his trailer. He would always hang up his own costume. Um, somebody got hurt on set. He put some money together for them and then made a big bucket, put a lot of money in the bucket so other people would pour into their bucket. And then, oh, I'm sorry, I'm telling it. But in the bucket, he did not want credit for what he did or whatever. Um, so anytime he got a truck, it would always be just like, Bluff City Law team, thanks you. It would never be like, Jimmy Smith, thank you. And like, even in like private, when I we would go and eat and like, yeah. I would like like take them, well, we would take them to drop them off at the airport and things. Or just out to run errands, if he saw anybody, he was always so gracious to them and so kind. And It doesn't matter if he was so tired or frustrated or whatever, he was always so great, gracious to them. And he was always so nice and kind to myself and Tom, too. Even when it was long days, he would just be quiet and be chilling. But he was just always so nice, such a nice, kind, considerate, humble person. Yeah, such a kind person
0: you know, that's, it's so encouraging to hear, you know, I love hearing about the people that we, you know, I watched Bluff City Law every week, you know, like when it yeah. was on, you know, and yeah. with the people that you are watching and, and, you know, that you love, it's, it's great when they're really nice, you know, yeah, it's just it's great, great to hear. Really
1: nice. It's so great.
0: And that's something that's come up a lot throughout this conversation today mm-hmm. is, you know, just how treating people well. And I think, You know, when I, when I do teach, I always tell people, or, you know, I was taught, like I said, I was talking to a young director recently and she's like, do you have any advice? I was like, be nice to everybody, (laughs) you know, just be nice to everybody.
1: (laughs) That is the one, that is the one, be nice to everybody. I tell people that's the best way of networking. That's the key. Be kind to everybody, self-check, check Check out yourself, see how you could have contributed different from the situation, but always be nice to everybody. Because the the saying is yes today's PAs are tomorrow's producers, or they said today's PAs are the producers of tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, because that's true. I'm,
0: and you know, just hearing you talk about your trajectory, which yes, it's been several years, but also like kind of fast with the way something's oh, yeah. happened. Like yeah. once it started. I'm going to say it because you won't, but I bet so much of that was how nice you were to people. I mean, oh, obviously there's you. so much talent there, but thank like, you. you know, the talent in the hand, you know, hand in hand with being nice to people. It's just, thank you so much. it's so cool to see, you know.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I try my best to keep my cold water rooted, roots in me.
0: Yeah, you got that hospitality. It's like yeah. deep in your bones.
1: <laughs> yes, yes
0: what is you know that's actually something i love to talk to people about is like Mm -hmm. you know how being from this place Mm -hmm. you know we're on the mississippi art tower how being from this place made you who you are not only as a person but as an artist so what is that keeping cold water in you what does that mean
1: it means like the foundation of principles like i know that i grew up with not many resources and when it comes to like theater film and television But I grew up with all of the fundamental resources around like love, compassion, um, caring about people, uh, knowing what it uh, feels like to treat people like you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And all those small things like uh, chivalry and like uh, being courteous and just like I was in Minneapolis not too long ago and me and like this lady, she's like a head of like, well, she's pretty affluent in the nonprofit world. But we was like walking out of the walking out of the um place and we were walking down like six of us walking down to the last street. And when I started to slide over, she was like, What? Where are you going? You know what I mean? And I, she was like, Oh, you're going to the outside. I was she was like, Oh my God, he's from the south. Because <laughs> she didn't understand <laughs> that guys are like, you know what I mean? Kind of like walk yeah so you walk
0: on the outside of the street. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, like, wherever we you would are,
1: Never do that. Like guys don't do that up here. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. And you know, and I'm not saying you can't protect yourself. I'm just it's just muscle memories is just rooted in me but i got all that from cold water my dad was like nah you you pump the gas and but he also made it very clear to say you're doing it because you want to do it and you want to help but you're not doing it because they can't do it themselves because they very well can and don't make them feel like they can't you just do it to be kind and to be mm-hmm. a gentleman you know what i'm saying because it's a it's a great way to be it's a great choice to make but so that's where i get it from i get i my uh Cold water roots definitely sprinkled throughout my career a lot, yeah.
0: And how how do you think like the like the actual art, like the script, the words, mm-hmm. the style? Did do you think cold water shows up in that aspect of it oh, all?
1: One hundred percent, Leslie. I promise you, it does in so many ways too. And I know that it showed up in my work before, but it's going to mm. show up so much more in my film work that I make original, like the original content I do, because I, there's so many subjects that I want to like, like amplify, like the Southern Black Church. Mm. It's such a huge thing, you know what I mean, and it's such an interesting. Um, tone and a beautiful, beautiful stories that we can um, unpack in that era alone. And there's just so many other things. I just can't wait to do it. But Cold Water shows up in my work all the time, from the dialect to the vernacular, to the tone, to the music, to the flow, all of it. Yeah.
0: Well there's i just i love talking to artists so this has been so much fun but and i cannot believe we're almost out of time so before Uh we go i want us to tell our audience again how to find out what's coming up with princeton james work
1: oh yeah so um you can go to princeton james productions on all social media outlets and the soul for murder mystery as well and then our next soul for murder mystery will be in memphis you can check out the website for tickets and information and if you have any friends in Dallas, we'll be there June the 17th. We'll be back in Memphis June 24th and 25th. And also we have a Cooler Kids Arts Enrichment Camp that is like Cooler Kids like from all over the Mid-South. We do acting, singing, dancing, costume design, hair and makeup, set design, film and photography. And that's for creatives, like young creative entrepreneurs from the ages of 8 to 18. But all that information is at... This is the cooler.com. And this is the cooler on all social media outlets as well.
0: All right. You heard it. Yeah. Check it out. We got the, the stuff for the young people, we got the entertainment. Princeton, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank
1: you for having me. I appreciate you, Leslie. I really do.
0: Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners. So if you can, please contribute today at MPBOnline.org.